Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody. Mark and Steve here with the PBSC Podcast. It's great to be with you guys today. We are at uh, one, episode 179, if you can believe it. Um, happy to be here with you guys. We're also, it's a fun week for us. We're celebrating half a million subscribers. We, or not subscribers, uh, half a million downloads, rather, mm, uh, to the yep. podcast, which is which is awesome. That actually happened right while we were broadcasting last week and uh, just wanted to start off with an element of gratitude for all of you and and appreciate your patronage and and uh, love that you're finding benefits from the podcast. Um, we've got a good question to jump into today. Uh, Mark, we uh, is actually quite an interesting one. One we haven't, I don't know if we've talked about this side of addiction on the podcast before, which is kind of odd since it does come up fairly commonly. So we appreciate this uh, listener for sending in the question and kind of taking us to task a little bit on on balancing out the topic. Um, we long story short, I'll, I'll pra- paraphrase this for sake of uh, time. But we had a this is a partner who who wrote us in. Um, she has been in a relationship with her now husband uh, for for the better part of a decade. Um, they uh, have been married for a little over a year, uh, have one small child, and now she is pregnant with a baby on the way. And uh, she just recently discovered um, that or th- that he is struggling with sexual addiction and sexual sexually compulsive behaviors but the means that she found out through it was uh through uh taking a look at uh discovering their credit card debt which is amounted to tens of thousands of dollars and uh he had been withholding this whole thing from her she had no idea what was going on and her message is very well spoken it talks about the pain and the frustration that she's obviously feeling on multiple fronts um there's the infidelity element and the objectification piece, and for her, that's tied in, you know, really, really deeply with um, the financial and how she, you know, he's taken money of theirs, not just credit card debt, but savings that they've been saving up to, you know, do some stuff for their, I believe, their daughter's bedroom and some other things. 
um, that money is now gone um, because he's he spent it on compulsive uh, sexual outlets, pornography and other things. And so she talks about in, in her letter how, you know, the fact that he was with other women and using our, our hard earned money to do it is just kind of a double whammy for me. And, you know, now she finds herself struggling with a lot of very classic, but nonetheless, no less devastating betrayal trauma symptoms, right? Uh, struggling not to compare herself with these other women, um, uh, what what they were like, how how can I not compete with them? Why would he be spending money on these people, right? All of the inadequacy that so often comes with tragically with these spouses. And uh, there's just a lot to tackle. And so she wanted us to focus on and look at, and she termed it really well, you know, the financial infidelity component. Mm. of addiction because it is that's a really great way of putting it right as well as the and this has obviously resulted in a lot of other things they're struggling with he doesn't initiate sex ever which is pretty common with the guys that we work with you know he's he's meeting sexual desires and wants outside the relationship and so there's been a lot of other examples where he just hasn't really been proactively leading out in the relationship and she's she's struggling a lot and and uh so that's what we wanted to we wanted to jump on today well, and there's, and there's a couple of other components to this that really jumped out at us. Um, one of the things, you know, this has obviously been going on a long time for him. <clears throat> She's now found out about it through the credit card statements. And his his claim to her was that it's been a number of months since he engaged in those behaviors and they're no longer an issue. Mm, yeah. Whenever we see that, we're that puts off all sorts of alarm bells and red flags for us, because we both, as addicts in recovery and having worked with people all over the world, we know what it takes to break out of these kinds of obsessive, you know, compulsive, addictive behaviors, especially those that have been so compulsive and so addictive that you'd spend tens of thousands of dollars on them, and then suddenly just come out of it. The behaviors are no longer an issue. And we're going to mm, talk yeah. about why that's why that statement is so problematic. <clears throat> and the other side of it is here they're they're newly married and she has a desire to start the marriage off right. And who wants to start it off with tens of thousands of dollars of debt and interest piling up and risking your credit score, right? We we, we got to get this off on the right foot. And so she mm -hmm. asks, I have some hard-earned savings. Should I just pay all this off so we can get started right in this marriage? So those are the other kind of little factors that she, that she um, communicated to us. So we, yeah. and, and so Steve and I were talking about this before we started podcasting today. And <laughs> to say that I was passionate about it would be kind of an uh, understatement. That's why I let out today. wanted to let Mark, <laughs> so I, Mark yeah. uh, simmer a bit. <laughs> he wanted to let Mark calm down a little bit. And I think the reason that this pushed my buttons and got me so passionate and animated is because a lot of what she describes in what she sent us, that has Mark, Mark 1.0, Mark the Addict, written all over it. Mm -hmm. And my my dear wife, you know, trying to do the right thing and wanting to make everything positive and start us out on the right. It just had so many earmarks of my old life. <clears throat> so it really, it really got me, it really got me going. And <laughs> I have a lot to say about all this. And so that's why we had Steve lead out so that Mark could dial it down a couple of notches. 
Well, it's it, it, but it is really a great topic. And, you know, just like other areas, I mean, we're going to talk about some similar concepts during the podcast today as we, you know, because concepts behind various elements of addiction, obviously, you know, do play out from one area to another and hold similarity. So some of this will, will be different, but some of it will be will be similar as well. Um, and so, we'll, yeah, let's just jump into it for, for sake of time. Um, so, yeah, so, so I wanted to just say, Steve, why, yeah, so why am I so passionate about Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It is not, and I want to be really, really clear about this. This is not because I want to, you know, smack this guy or, you know, you know, kick him in the butt or, you know, punish him or get on. It's none of that. My passion for this really comes from a genuine place that I look back on all the decades that I engaged in these kinds of crazy behaviors that are being described. And I caused myself and my wife and my kids and the people around me, I, I left a wake of wreckage in my, in my path and mm. caused so much pain for myself and for people that I truly loved and cared about. And so I want, if I can do anything to offer some input and some advice and some empathy here to try to help prevent that kind of pain. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. And the other side of it is <clears throat> I spent, the, from the time I was a, a kid until I was well into my adult years, I never learned how to be accountable for my choices, my bad mm. choices. I never learned how to pay the price and experience the outcomes from the choices that I made. And if I can help this guy that's being described here, <clears throat> not only to be willing to be accountable, but to invite the accountability and the responsibility so that he can grow as an individual and become healthy in ways that I wasn't, I'm all about that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've, Mark and I, we've, we say oftentimes, I'm, in our uh, Dare to Connect program, you know, we 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 re we reinvented the wheel so you don't have to. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's one of our key phrases, and, mm -hmm. and that is what we're about. You know, we 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 don't want you guys to have to walk the same road that we have. So we're we're you know as always, we're this is going to be a good topic to address today, and and uh, we're we're excited to jump into it. Um, so I guess the, probably the best place to start off here, um, and and Mark's got some stories to kind of uh, demonstrate some things as we go along, but. Let's talk a little bit about the accountability side of of uh, recovery, because, you know, when we're talking about the financial side of addiction, which doesn't always accompany addiction for the people that we work with, although it does a lot of the time. And, and keep in mind, guys, let's talk when we talk financial consequences of sexual addiction. This can happen in lots of ways. The obvious one that a lot of people think about is what we're talking about right now. Right. Where money is spent on, you know, prostitutes, uh, um, pornography. Um, strip clubs, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Affair partners, I mean, all that stuff. But there are so many other ways in which financial infidelity, quote unquote, occurs. Yeah. Um, I think back, I mean, for example, I would make the argument that I was guilty of financial infidelity in my relationship. Now, that may sound like a bit of a stretch for some, but let me tell you why I would categorize it that way. When I was coming out of school, um, I was studying to take my essentially my board exams to become a therapist. I was done with my graduate work. 
And it was time to become certified and then licensed in my estate. And the test that you took for this, you could cancel up to like 12 hours prior to the time of it. Well, I've been kind of half-assing recovery for years by this point and had been really dragging my feet on really doing the work and was very much in a place of struggling with very heavily with the character deficits and defects that accompany addiction. And some of those included uh, not staying on task, being pretty, pretty slothful, <laughs> lazy. Um, I would waste a lot of time playing video games and that kind of thing because I was in school and I had spare time when my wife wasn't working um, and and avoidance. Right. Also, lack of confidence and those kinds of issues. Well, all of those things for sake of time essentially boiled down to me canceling that test probably like six different times over the course of nearly six months. And I would say that during that six month time frame, I haven't thought about it till right now as I'm talking about it on this podcast. We've been talking about this before, but that I could probably make it, make an argument for, at least for me, feels like financial infidelity. Every day, my wife is going to work to support us. She's putting me through school, right? I'm working a little bit, but not much. She's the primary breadwinner at the time. She's working her butt off. And I'm at home studying for like an hour and then playing like four hours of Xbox slash putting off my studying or avoiding it and whatever, and putting off for six months starting my career. Right. So that's that's six months of what? Six months of time that I can't ever get back in my career. That's six months of income that that we didn't get. That's six months extra. My wife had to work full time. Right. Those are all those to me all speak to this element. Right. And and it's interesting to talk about the financial side of this. And I think it's good because financial the, the financial component to this is one of those more, I guess you could say, concrete, like tangible. Right. It's one of those more tangible elements of sexual addiction. So much of what happens in sexual addiction is not, in a physical sense, quantifiable, right? Like there isn't something, like when you're dealing with a, uh, for example, with a, with an alcoholic, right? I can't sit and I can't sit and show them, you know, I, I can look and I can show an alcoholic, you know, the fifty bottles of beer he drank last night, or the three bottles of wine he plowed through, or I can show a heroin addict, you know, the three used needles that were hanging out of his arm yesterday when he overdosed, right, or whatever it was. I can't. With sexual addiction, that is much more difficult to do. But, you know, when you look at the financial side, it is one of those way, things, things that we look to in terms of gauging, you know, how acute, how advanced, how impactful, I guess you could say, uh, one's sexual compulsion is. Well, then I'd let, let me speak for just a minute to the, the aspect of financial infidelity, Steve. I can tell you for me, Hundreds of thousands, and I'm not, this is not an exaggeration, by the way, <clears throat> for people listening. I lost, we lost, my wife and I, my family lost hundreds of thousands of dollars over my decades of addiction. <clears throat> not because I spent that on sexual outlets. Mine was, mine was pretty much always just going to find free pornography. I don't sure. think I ever paid for any pornography. So where did the hundreds of thousands of dollars of loss come in? It was the times where instead of being disciplined in my work, I would escape and avoid hard things and go spend hours and hours in pornography so I wasn't working. Lost mm -hmm. lost income and wages. It was the it was the it was being in a bad place mentally where I made poor business decisions. Mm, it was yeah. it was it was coming out of a big porn binge and being so ashamed that I would then self-sabotage 
opportunities to make money or be rewarded because I wasn't worthy of receiving such things. I torpedoed more business opportunities and opportunities for significant profitability and success because Mark, the dirty scumbag addict, didn't deserve to have those things. So I would purposely sabotage them. So mine was hundreds of thousands of dollars of lost opportunity. Very real money, by the way, but not what you would normally think of as, you know, putting it on a credit card, for example. Yeah, but no less impactful. No. Right? So this, this chances, all that is to say that this, this, today's topic is probably far more applicable to many of the spouses and addicts listening than initially thought <laughs> mm-hmm. when first tuned into. So, so yeah, the impact here is huge, right? And, and when we're talking about this accountability piece, you know, going back to that, you know, accountability is such a critical element of recovery for, for an addict. Um, we talk oftentimes in, in here on, on Dare to Connect about how, you know, the, I remember if I was to quantify my addiction, the best thing that I could say is I was a, I was a crusader, like, like from the old days. I was a literal crusader, but not on the, but not on the quest for a literal holy grail. I was on the quest for this holy grail of what I call often door number three. Right. And what door number three represented for me is that, no, there aren't two choices in this situation. I don't I, I don't get to just either, for example, choose connection and fidelity with my wife and everything that goes with that, the commitment and all that stuff, or choose disconnection and secrecy and acting out and all the consequences that come with that. No, I'm looking for door number three that's going to let me have my cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's going to let me keep all the best benefits of a committed, connected relationship and somehow circumvent all of the consequences of, of, of my addiction, right? And every guy that I've worked with over the years, every guy, and that's that's saying something, um, I know Mark was would find himself in the same boat, is more or less, among other things, on that quest for door number three, right? And, and accountability comes into play in many ways, but where it begins is recognizing that door number three is an absolute myth. It doesn't exist. And if I'm going to find healthy recovery, I have to start living life on life's terms, which means starting to experience not just my choices, but the full impact of the consequences of my choices. Yeah, what right. what what this looked like for me, and, and I know for you too, Steve, and all the guys we work with, I, uh, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, uh, Mark, about recovery or addiction, or, or I would say this to my early mentors. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know what? I'm different. I'll figure out how to do this my way. I'll figure out how to do this a different way. I don't have to face all of this crap and this stuff. I don't have to dig down to my deeper issues. I don't have to take responsibility. I'll find a different path. Like mm-hmm. you call it door number three. And that's what really jumped out to me about this gal that sent this in. What I'm hoping, if her if if her partner happens to listen to this episode or any of you other other you others struggling with addiction, man, I am just going to speak to all of you from my heart right now. <clears throat> if you could understand what it means to have true recovery and healing, I would hope that not only would you be open to accountability but you would welcome it. You would ask for it. I would hope that this guy would go to his partner and say, sweetheart, I realize that in order for me to heal and to become a healthy guy, it's critical that I learn to face the full outcomes of my choices. 
and I want to I want to start to do that in my life. I want to stop avoiding, rationalizing, minimizing, justifying. I want to take the full brunt because I want to develop into the whole healthy, amazing version of me that I desire to be so much. And I know in order to to move into that me 2.0, I need to start facing accountability. So here's what I'm suggesting. I'm going to take on an extra job so that I can pay back these tens of thousands of dollars of debt Mm -hmm. I incurred. I want you to know that I'm leading out and I'm taking the full responsibility of this. This is not your job. I appreciate that you want us to start out on a good footing for our marriage, but it's not right for you to spend your savings to do this. I will take it on. I would hope that this yeah. guy and every guy listening would 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 literally welcome and ask for the opportunity to be fully accountable. Yeah. I never learned yeah. that. I never learned how to do that. And man, did it leave me in a handicapped place as an adult. Just mm. man, I just look back and go, gosh, I wish somebody had helped me to take on accountability so that I could grow and mature into the full man that I, that I just so desperately wanted to be. Well, and this accountability, and I love what you're saying, Mark, because this, this accountability piece just, it plays so many roles in the recovery process. First of all, it, it helps to mitigate what is being described here by the spouse in her letter, where she's talking about the resentment and the anger she's feeling and who could blame her for yeah. a year into marriage. He's historically not been great with money anyway, so I've been the one always running our finances. Up until we got married, they were largely separate, probably in part for that reason. And here now we've linked it all together, and I'm now saddled with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be mad as hell, and Mm -hmm. I don't blame her, right? And so when it comes to that accountability piece, how can accountability help with that? Well, first, it can help to avoid that resentment component or mitigate it some. Yes, I am sorry. We, I did put us in this position. I am going to do my part to help get us out of this, right? I'm going to step in and end it. And by the way, it isn't just, it can't, it may not just be through the, through the job piece, right? Or, or uh, working extra hours. Uh, a lot of the couples that we work with, for example, I think most coupleships have some degree of each partner has some degree of spending money, you know, however much that may be. Well, it looks like my spending money now just is rediverted to my savings account now <laughs> until that money mm-hmm. goes back. Or instead, instead of eating out with my, you know, when I when I go to work now and I'm used to eating out with with the guys at the restaurant down the street from work, we all go out for, you know, every every lunch. I guess I'm going to lunch with them and I'm eating my tuna fish sandwich that I made this morning while they eat at the restaurant. Like that's just how this is going to roll. Yeah, you know, there's lots of different ways that can can look, but it's so critical because it's it's one of the and this is where I really wanted to go with this today. It's one of those rare opportunities to provide a spouse with tangible evidence of my change, mm. right? So often when we talk about sexual addiction, one of the hardest things that we hear from partners all the time and from addicts as well, they're frustrated because they don't know how else to do it. And partners are frustrated because they don't know how else to see it is how do I actually show that I'm changing, right? How do I actually, because of course, where did this whole thing start from? Where did the trust and betrayal start from? Deception. And let's be honest, we, we talk about this all the time. Addicts are master liars and ma- master manipulators. 
we we don't do that because we're nefarious people necessarily, but we have learned those traits and those tactics sometimes as survival mechanisms mechanisms over decades. Yes. Nobody can minimize, deny, hide, conceal like we can. We would all be like amazing CIA agents. We'd all be incredible, <laughs> at it, right? Like we, we we are really really good at that. And 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 so what and what's the downside of that? Even when we start to change, I hear this from Maddox all the time. She doesn't believe me, Steve. She doesn't believe me. I'm making all these changes. She doesn't believe me, right? They're, what are they dealing with? They're dealing with the age-old folktale of the boy who cried wolf, like on steroids, right? Here they are. It's they've they've said so many times that they're sober, and when they haven't been, even when they're sober, the wife looks at him and says, "What bullshit?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's bullshit. That that absolutely is not true. And 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 so, but when we but when it comes to things like this financial piece. When it comes to the ad being able to make tangible, verifiable, take verifiable actions that can actually show change, it's one of those rare elements where we as addicts have the opportunity to be able to not just to literally, in this case, put our money where our mouth is and say, yep, you see me taking tuna fish sandwiches to work. I am so sick of tuna fish. I want to scream. But now I'm going to alternate between that and peanut butter and jelly. Why? Because that's part of the accountability here. Right. That's part of me taking responsibility and making sure that that money comes back to us in some way. I took it out. I'm the one who spent it. I'm going to do what I can, everything that I can within my power to bring it back. Yeah. And in and in her and she said all of a sudden, after all these years and years and years of severe addiction, he suddenly says the behaviors have stopped and he no longer has a problem. Now, you and I, we don't we're not in his head. We don't know him. It sounds awfully awfully suspicious it would be very rare for somebody with that level of of a challenge to suddenly just come out of it but he gets to he gets to he gets to show the evidence right like my wife's favorite saying is mark i hear your words but talk is cheap show me yep this guy gets to show her and one of those is how willing and proactive is he in being accountable not just for the financial debt he's incurred, but how is he working recovery? I, I hear that he looked at, you know, he reached out, as she said, to a gambling addiction service. Okay, Which is a great start. That, that's a good start. It is a great start. For sure. Yeah, okay, and, and what else? Does does he attend a 12-step group? Has he thought out sought out some therapy? Is, well, not just that, but what is he actually learning, right? That's the key. That, yeah. That insight piece, right? Uh-huh. Stopping a behavior is one thing. Being able to quantify how you're doing it and demonstrate the knowledge base behind that change is completely different. Yeah, yeah. To be able to, hey, sweetheart, I've really looked into why I got into those behaviors in the first place. I've Here's unpacked. what I learned today in therapy. Here are the three things that I learned. This is how I discovered these things applied to me today. Yeah. Right. I mean, those kinds of things. And here's what I'm doing to consistently change. And here's here's how it's working. Exactly. And I had a little bit of struggle the other day, but here are the tools I use to come out of that. Right. Evidence doing real practical on the table effort, not just words, not just claims, not just platitudes. Right. So important. And the other part of this, Steve, as we close up, is I really wanted to. I really wanted to point out to all the partners who who are struggling with addicts right now. I so appreciated this this gal's the the sincerity of her heart. 
I hope this guy knows how, how, how truly blessed he is. Here she's willing to sacrifice her hard-earned savings to pay off this debt and give them a good start. Bless her heart for being willing to do that, even with all the pain <clears throat> that, that discovering this has caused her. Mm-hmm. But I really want to lovingly point out to her to be very, very careful about getting into the place of, quote, enabling this guy by removing the consequences or the outcomes, by trying to soften the blow or prevent the brunt of this for him, or, you know, do it because it's because this this is really be the good thing for us. Partners need to be very careful about that enabling place, even when it's from a place of good intention and love and concern. Sometimes one of the hardest things partners will do is to step out of the way and allow him to experience the full brunt of the consequences of his actions. He needs to be able to do that so that he can change as part yes. of his process. Agreed. Yep. You know, and this this is a huge, it's so crazy because this is a huge part of what we're doing on Dare to Connect right now. <laughs> right? Oh, I we're, know. It's right in the heart of it, isn't it? This, this, this month is codependency. We're oh. tackling one of the biggest topics in addiction possible <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on our on our on our dare to connect program for addicts spouses and couples and guys if you're it, it, as always if you like the podcast you would you will love dare to connect we've got a bunch of new people in here just in the last couple of weeks and and they are discovering what so many are finding um if if, if you want to really level up recovery in an economic affordable meaningful way that lets you do recovery on your terms on your timetable and get some of the best elements of therapy for a fraction of the cost. Uh, please come and, and take a look at Dare to Connect. We'd love to tell you more and, and have you try it for yourself with a two-week free trial at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. You can find all the info about that there. Um, but with this codependency piece, right? I mean, this accountability element plays out in, honestly, we, that would be 10 podcasts just to explain how accountability ties with ties in with codependency, right? So much of codependency and we talked about this today in Dare to Connect during our couple session, you know, where the breakdown happens is when we start blurring the lines on who's responsible for what. And we start owning either actions or attitudes or emotions of our partner, mm-hmm. right, or other people. That's just one facet of codependency. But within the coupleship dynamic, this kind of thing plays out all the time. And I love what you're saying, Mark, because it's spot on, right? It's Every couple is obviously different and every situation is different. We just have a snapshot of what this couple is going through. But I love Mark's words and I think that they're wise and I hope that this couple is listening when it comes to okay you know when it comes to do you have the ability to use savings to pay this off sure and is that the right call maybe we're not you but at the same time that that most that damn well <laughs> better be met with with an attitude from from if he's if his partners if this uh, addict spouse or addict is truly in recovery of what can I be doing on my end to lead the charge on making this money up, whether it's paying off the credit card debt itself or paying back into the savings. Again, you may get really well acquainted with tuna fish sandwiches and that's just how it goes. Yeah. You may get well acquainted with working two jobs and sleeping. That's all you do for a while. I mean, it's kind of a, if I'm serious about recovery and and this relationship, am I willing to do quote, whatever it takes? Yeah. Very important mindset. If we're going to truly have recovery. For sure. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, as always, we we love and appreciate you you again. Uh, We hope that you'll give us a look at daretoconnectout.com. Check out the two-week free trial on the Dare to Connect program. Come see what all the buzz is about where and how people are growing there. And if you would like something briefly addressed on the podcast, as always, uh, there's a contact form down at the bottom of our uh, of the podcast website, pbsepodcast.com. Uh, you can send in questions to us. We'd love to address those and tackle those with you and uh, hit hit uh, hit the trenches with you with our boots on the ground and, and running and tackling these hard topics. We we love and honor and appreciate all of you um, who, who are in this fight. A uh, few can, I think, connect with you the way that we can having been there before and we and we uh we just so respect each of you and, and honor you addicts and your spouses who are who are choosing to face hard things so thank you for for being there for yourselves and for each other so all right everybody we'll uh we'll uh catch you next time on pbsc take care bye-bye Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.